listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 67. You are my buddy. And I don't know the rest of the song lyrics. More than (laughs) a friend. You're my best buddy until the end. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's the theme song from the new Child's Play movie. It came out this year by Lars Klevberg, and uh, we're going to be talking about it in today's episode, giving you our uh, review as spoiler-free as possible, because uh, we know that some of you guys haven't seen it yet, but it was something. It was. And we're going to uh, dive into it more a little bit later on, but uh, first, as always, we got to give a quick shout-out to our host network, Sports Radio Detroit. Yes, a gracious host, and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up Sports Radio Detroit, SRD, that is Sports Radio Detroit, not Detroit Sports Radio. That's right, the one and only. So, guys, before we dive into the rest of our show, we just have a quick sponsored break, so stay tuned. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They're always available for you. And if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257. Alright, Sam, so... A lot of developments in the world of horror, as always, over this past week, uh, getting a lot of announcements and uh, a lot of TV show announcements this week. Oh, I'm excited. So uh, apparently American Horror Story's new slasher season is going to be called 1984, and it has a September release date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've kind of known about this for a little while now. Um American Horror Story is promising a nostalgia-filled, I'm sure, uh, classic kind of 80s slasher season. As we know, they usually go a different route pretty much every season, which is cool. It's kind of like that anthology format. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in this one because there's usually some kind of really like messed up twist in each season or like something really fucking weird happens. So, By the way, Evan Peters is not coming back, but... We will have the smoking, flaming Emma Roberts. <laughs> She's on fire. Yes. So, as we know, she was uh, one in like the witch one, so I'm not sure if it's going to have any relation, but... Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> we'll see what happens, though. Um, I'm interested in like who the killer is going to be. It's probably her, since she was the killer in Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. She plays that role pretty well. She does. So, uh, we'll see what happens, guys. Check out American Horror Story 1984 in September, uh, actually the 18th, which is Wednesday. Also good news for us Amazon Prime members coming up. 
Yeah, so Amazon has a brand new series coming out July 19th called Dark Web. Now, this is going to be an eight-episode series uh, where each episode is going to follow some tale uh, from the strange and dangerous dark web. So, it seems pretty cool. There's actually a synopsis here. Uh, so it says, a genius programmer's mysterious disappearance leads to the reunion of old friends and the discovery that the strange stories she left behind may point to an impending technological crisis. Uh-oh, the dangers of the web again, as if we already didn't have that shoved down our throats about technology and the dark web. I mean, we had unfriended dark web and now the new Child's Play movie with the dangers of technology, so... Yeah, it's just a theme. I mean, it makes sense, you know? I mean, advances in robot technology and AI and everything like that have certain people on edge, I'm sure, but... I mean, people should have learned that a while ago with Terminator and yeah. Chopping Mall. Hint. Oh, yeah. Hint. yeah. <laughs> it never goes away, though, really. Um, so I'm not, like, super surprised to see it. But we did just see Unfriended Dark Web and, like, Searching. So I wonder what, like, new stuff they can instill in the series. Hopefully some some good new stuff. But the show is apparently coming from the creative team behind the Netflix movie Circle which is pretty interesting. I haven't watched it, but it was something of like a, a saw type thing where a bunch of people got trapped. And Oh, I watched it. I think it was like a bunch of people in a circle. And then uh, at the end, I think everyone dies anyway. Like it's not meant for anyone to survive. It's just like, hey, you know, you were yeah. the last person alive. Congrats. Now you're dead. Like Wow. So it was like a, a lesson kind of a thing. I'm pretty sure. Not even. It's more just fucking just hopelessness. <laughs> like, uh, like seems kind of weird. Technology is hopeless. Like. Mm. Even though we've had advancements in medicine and stuff like that, but internet bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here, guys. Uh, that one's coming out July 19th. And then finally, Netflix again. What's oh. going on this time? So there was this show called Chambers with Uma Thurman. And uh, after just one season, they already pulled the plug. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, bringing in viewers, I guess. So like, they're like, you know, what's the point of continuing to fund this for like a second season? And I mean, they've been doing that lately. I mean, look at Lucifer. Lucifer's only having one more season, then it's going to be buried. Yeah, it's kind of weird because unless it's Stranger Things or something that is extremely popular for them, they seem not to really have any faith in anything. And it's weird because they just push so much product out. I mean, that's got to have something to do with it too, I think, right? Like, like I'm constantly overwhelmed by all the shit that Netflix, Shudder, Amazon Prime, all of them put out, right? Yeah. It's not really that surprising that not as many people are watching certain things, especially when Netflix doesn't even push it all that much. Like I saw some advertising for Chambers because, you know, we talked about it. We follow it all the time and stuff, but I didn't really see that much otherwise. No, there wasn't really much marketing for it at all. Yeah. And it probably got overshadowed by some other movie or show that came out at the same time. They just put too much stuff out there. They don't really give certain things a chance. Even though this show was apparently pretty good and Uma Thurman is a big star, you know, like, I don't know. Something sketchy's going on over at Netflix. Like, I don't know. It just seems like if, like, they want to, like, punish the show maker for, like, it not being successful. It's like, bro, we need you to push it. Look how hard they were pushing the silence oh, when yeah. it came out. And that movie was shit. Yeah, it really was not that good. Yeah, that, that thing had a huge marketing push behind it. Stuff like this. Probably just because it's psychological in nature or whatever, or more like fringe. They just don't really, you know, give it a shot. I don't know. I think it's because of like the target audience and there's not a lot of people that appreciate like 
experimental and psychological stuff they need everything really spelled out for them like mm -hmm. they can't look at things and be like oh this is symbolism they're speaking in similes or metaphors or whatever the fuck and yeah. it just seems like if a show doesn't reach those like stranger things levels right away they just fucking give up on it but even though they have like hundreds of really bad stand-up comedians like oh yeah like terrible i've tried to watch them and i was not laughing they're just so like pop com pop friendly comedians and they're just like not funny like they don't talk about anything really controversial or no shock humor they're just like friendly comedian like that dude from fucking the first episode of the twilight zone that's what all those comedians on netflix oh Kumail, like. whatever yeah yeah like how he's portrayed on the show not right, right. not like his real stand-up but like i don't know netflix is like just putting out crap and then keeping like the hour-long comedy specials and just pushing out the horror when I mean, let's be real, like, most people, like, don't buy Netflix to watch the fucking friendly comedy movies, like, a lot of people that I even talk to, they're like, yeah, you know, I like scary movies, so I got Netflix and Hulu, so I got a big selection, you know, and, like, I've seen people complaining in the online groups about not enough horror on Netflix, and now they're starting to pull horror off Netflix, like, yeah, dude, you know how many, like, super low budget, like, Bollywood horror movies and shit like that they have on yeah, there it's, and, and it's they're, ridiculous and they're bad too like oh yeah just tried giving them a chance and it's like not because it's bollywood it's bad but like horrible acting yeah. horrible premise stupid plot and it's just i don't know man it's just we don't need all this shit just give us like quality stuff and like give things a chance i want to say especially with something with like uma thurman and like are you fucking crazy to pull that after one season what if i just really got into it i'm one mm -hmm. of the people that's like holy fuck you know, I love this shit, and there's definitely a few more out there, and then now it's like, all right, bye. Yeah, dude, I'm still willing to give it a shot. If you guys are out there that really like this show, then hey, do a petition. Maybe another network will pick it up or something like that, you know, just like Netflix did with Lucifer. So, hey, it could happen. So, we're going to move on now, Fright fans, to our first official segment of the episode, where we examine a cult classic horror film and uh we've got a pretty cool one this week in the cult corner and in this week's cult corner fiends we have chopping mall so this uh 80s cult classic is probably one of the more um i don't know bad ones <laughs> i guess i would say um yeah i think that's fair okay <laughs> i mean it's not like bad bad you know some of like the acting is like pretty decent actually the effects are admittedly not that great but <laughs> i mean what do you expect with a eight hundred thousand dollar budget you know yeah it was super it was super low budget it was like a roger corman production most of his stuff is very like campy and intentionally kind of bad like trauma almost you know oh yeah so, I mean, it definitely had that, like, niche audience, though. I guess that's, I would say, the main reason why it was a cult classic. But it was a pretty fun little movie. It was. It starts off, uh, they're, like, at this, like, <laughs> this, like, town meeting-looking thing <laughs> at the mall. It looks like an auction. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. But uh, they're showing off their new security robo-guards. And they're mm -hmm. like, show me your identification. And it's like, here you go. It's like, proceed, you know? Yeah. And then, like... If you're an intruder, like, they showed, like, a video of a intruder just getting tased half to death, just getting fucking worked, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like... <laughs> no, nah, he really was. He got messed up. 
and uh, they're called the Protector Robots. Fun fact, uh, apparently voiced by the director of this movie, Jim Wynorski. So that's pretty cool, I guess. You know, he was pulling like double duty sort of. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Protector Robots one night just kind of go haywire during a thunderstorm. Convenient. Does it sound familiar to you? (laughs) Maybe. So the the antenna gets zapped and the robots go crazy and they don't have any of their like actual safety protocols and then you just start like killing people hmm. that including that poor lab tech he was just trying to eat his donut and oh yeah shit and <laughs> they just didn't he they like snatch his throat out or something that i'm pretty crazy. sure yeah yeah so then they just kind of go on a rampage and these teenagers of course of course has to be the youth. The youth are our future. They will save us. Oh, God. The youth will save us from killer robo-guards. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that anymore, because, like, look at where we are, and look at where the youth from the 80s are now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but anyway, of, that's a whole other thing. they became, like, alcoholics and junkies and... Yeah, or shitty politicians, etc., etc. You can oh, yeah. You can talk about it all day long. But the list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. But that's reality, and this is a horror movie, and, you know, we watch them to kind of escape reality. And this careful, one... Careful, careful. You got to say, <laughs> this is a quote-unquote horror movie. Quote-unquote horror movie. It's a it's a comedy horror. I'm comedy a, sci-fi yeah, horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. If you want to get technical with it. But, yeah, it's very... It's very goofy. I don't know if it's, like, actually that funny, but, you know... No, it's, like, light-spirited, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like Madman, like a mean-spirited fucking... Everyone fucking dies, like, fucking yeah. horror movie. This one was like, hey, you know, here's some 80s teenagers. They're fucking around in the mall. But a lot of them get worked. Of course, Most of the... Worked. Of course, the virgins have to survive. Of course, because someone with no experience... You know, that that just just fucking just overshadows anyone who's been through some shit. The guy yeah. who's been through some shit and has seen things in life, he has less of a chance in living than someone who's never experienced any sort of, like, mm-hmm. you know, controversy in his life or her life. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Logic. It, you know, it's always been a thing, though. Because, hey, they were there. They were breaking... Well, I don't know if they are like, breaking the law, but... <laughs> they were uh, loitering yeah they were in their store after closing hours and that's where they fucked up because they didn't know about those giant steel shutters or whatever but, right but yeah they stuck around like after they weren't supposed to be there and they were having sex and making out and stuff except for the virgins of course but you know it was uh it was sinful and uh, hey look they all died but it was to killer ai robots so uh i mean what did you think about the actual robots uh, I thought the robots, like, weren't really scary. They're just, like, these goofy, like, garbage can-looking things, you know? And it's <laughs> yeah. just, like... Have a nice day. N- not really what you'd expect from, like... Not really what you'd expect an actual robot to, like, look like or be like or... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like it was just a little too silly to be, like... Can this happen? You know? Like, it, it was more like, yeah. yo, this is not gonna happen, especially in, like, 1986, okay? Like, yeah. I mean, it was obviously intended to be pretty goofy, but I was reading, uh, like, one bit of trivia, and it kind of said, like, they actually tried to make them look more like realistic robots, so they used, like, wheelchair frames and real, like, shit, just random stuff like that to construct them. I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, they they really looked 
way out there. Like if I was trying to build a futuristic robot, but my favorite Pokemon's like Porygon and it just kind of ended up looking like Porygon yeah. with laser eyes. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It was kind of, it was kind of weird. The score wasn't bad. The score was okay. It kind of had that same upbeat sort of lighthearted thing to it. But yeah. it was really more just about the fun. They were taking pot shots at like a gas canister to blow up a robot. You know, shit like that. That's 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 why you watch this movie. So Man. <laughs> Didn't really have any uh really good like social messages either. It was just yeah. like hey, killer robots, good luck. <laughs> yeah. It's simple, you know, it wasn't preachy, it was just quote unquote fun. <laughs> I use that term loosely. Yeah. I mean I definitely understand why it has the reputation it has, although initially it wasn't received really that well at all. I'm not surprised. I can't imagine why. <laughs> it was uh, released as Killbots, and then I think they made some edits to it, and it finally got released uh, as Chopping Mall. And, you know, I think this this movie actually does really kind of demonstrate how opinions about horror in general and about specific movies can change over time, because now people love this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Everyone wants classic. the Blu-ray and everything. And Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I have it. Yeah. <laughs> And then I look at, you know, a movie like this next one that we're going to be talking about and it actually kind of relates because a lot of people are kind of hating on it right now. A lot of people aren't, but there's still a, a large percentage, I would say, of the horror community that, that is hating on it. And I feel like over time, it's going to get a little bit of a warmer reception. And I think that's what happened with Chopping Mall. Yeah, I think so too. Just because like people can look back at it and treat it as that just kind of fun horror movie. And it gets away with it because it's from the 80s. You know, this era is a little bit different. But we're going to talk about that. Do you have uh, anything else you want to say about Chopping Mall? No, it was it was what it was. Uh, even for its time, it was kind of like, meh. It wasn't a really fun comedy. But it was just yeah. like a really like zany, kind of wild. And yeah. at some points it was like, you know, the gore was like, meh. But, like, the characters were, like, you know, too serious sometimes for what the movie was. I felt like it could have been a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know. Yeah, I, w I wish that the one guy, uh, was his name Mike? I wish that he didn't die because he was, like, the funniest one. He was kind of stupid, like an asshole, but he was, the, he was the funniest one. Yeah, we ended up losing him. But, you know, fuck it. At least the movie wasn't too long. <laughs> no, that is true. Yeah, it was a pretty short movie. So, guys, if you haven't watched Chopping Mall before... It's it's worth a shot. The deaths are like okay, but it's just kind of got that goofy kind of fun tone to it. Now, this next movie that we're going to talk about kind of blends that with some pretty serious techno thriller vibes and uh we're going to be talking about The New Child's Play right after these short sponsored messages. Hi, this is Chris and this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Hey, Samuel. Hey, Barnabas. What's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh, 
Well, you can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly 100 years to bring their books to the market. Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So, make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Aha! Uh -huh. You've already written a book. Next thing to do is make this free call now to Dorrance Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. Welcome back, boils and ghouls, this time. We're going to be discussing the new Child's Play reimagining this week. We went and, and saw it uh, opening weekend, and we're going to try to give as, as few like actual spoilers as possible. Uh, nothing, you know, really that major, uh, hopefully at all. But yeah, you know, this promised to be kind of a new iteration of Chucky, and uh, I don't know. Do you think that we got that? Uh, yeah. Uh, it was like you said. I like you that you used reimagining and not a remake because it was not a remake. Yeah. No. They turned Chucky into something completely different, which is a malfunctioning killer robot doll. Yeah, from uh, Vietnam, no less. Yes, from <laughs> Vietnam. What are the odds? Yeah. So uh, right at the beginning, you pretty much get the origin story, and this is kind of the thing that jump starts everything but is maybe one of the elements that i'm not so fond of uh, our friend the caretaker was with us and pretty much right after the movie he kind of voiced his opinion that kind of what happens at the beginning chucky's whole origin in this uh you know canon is a little underwhelming i think so because in the first one it was like hey you know this fucking serial killer who's strangling people and cutting their mm -hmm. throats they had him, and then he, he just kind of died in the mm. midst of some dolls, or so we thought. In reality, he transferred his soul to an inanimate object. Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality, he could have... Tra Does it really have to be like a doll that has to have armor? He could have transferred his soul into his gun and just been like, I am a gun, and I was just shooting people. Oh, man. That would have been that would have not been as well received. How, how would he have... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Like, this pick, is why we don't let you write movies. They, so. they pick up the gun from the from the crime scene. They're like, "All right, we're taking this to evidence." Bang! No, you're not. Like, <laughs> that's kind of the the plot behind one of the new Twilight Zone episodes. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, actually. it's not even. Well, it's it's not it's not the same thing. But there's a gun involved. Anyway, no, that would have been wild. Yeah, that would have been that would have been dumb. That is dumb. But, <laughs> but in this, anyway, in this one, uh, I'm not gonna give it away. But basically, there's a malfunction with Chucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, quote unquote, different. They kept pointing that out in the movie. They're like, yeah. "Is what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. He's just different. And in, like at so many points, Andy tells Chucky, look, I know you're different. So there's this focus on like being the outlier in like a group that has like certain expectations, I guess. Yeah. And like Chucky was supposed to be that outlier, even though like his name, he didn't even like, it was his idea to be called Chucky. I think that was yeah. like the... That the throwback I, almost. Yeah, maybe? it's like a throwback because like, I'm going to spoil this part because it's not really important. Andy wanted to call him Han Solo. Okay. And yeah. then the doll was like, 
did you say Chucky? Yeah. I like that name. It's like, not even close. That's not what I said. Like, he's like, okay, I'm yeah. Chucky. And I think that was like the shout out to like. That's that's very. The only yeah. thing that's really the same in this one is that Chucky's a killer doll. And then Andy Barkley mm. and his mom. So, I mean, I guess one criticism that some people might have, I'm still not sure exactly where I sit with it, is that, you know, this movie is only getting so misconstrued and poorly received by some people because it's child's play and it's Chucky. Like, if it had no connection to the franchise, if it wasn't Chucky, then it would be a better movie, that it would be better received. I mean, I don't know That's personally not even exactly about that. Yeah, I know, because the, the, there have been so many remakes and adaptations and reimagining, et cetera, et cetera, that have done something completely different or a little bit different and you know what if it works it works you know you don't have to be so just attached by the anus to a certain character or franchise that you're not willing to give something new a chance you know i didn't mind that this was called chucky actually or child's play i didn't care i mean look at the same fucking idiots that are like it sucked and then they're like but rob zombies halloween was a masterpiece it's like all right that movie was garbage but whatever you say well, well comparisons or not i mean it just usually what i see is some mention of the original film and it's like i get why the comparison is there but i don't really feel like at least with this movie it's completely fair to judge it solely on that because yeah like we've mentioned this movie is quite different than that movie and i mean the original child's play like i think i've said before really was kind of a product of the time because that's when you had those kind of dolls uh you know technology was beginning to advance at a very rapid rate so i mean i don't you know i don't know why the fuck they put voodoo into it but regardless you know as a kid you might possibly be afraid that your dolls were going to wake up and try to kill you or whatever you know that was the fear now it's it's, technology yeah it's technology it's ai it's so relevant to society it's it's everywhere that it makes complete sense and i think that that is really why it's called child's play yeah you know i mean if 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 voodoo and dolls coming to life not that kids buy dolls nowadays was still Mm -hmm. relevant to society that's what they would have did still Mm -hmm. like everyone like you said has these problems with ai uh becoming sentient turning on us Mm -hmm. uh having like a y2k kind of thing going on yeah that's what people worry about nowadays is like the dangers of technology and that's why like especially with like smartphones and smart tvs mm-hmm. and chucky could incorporate himself into all those things in this yeah. new one that was clever as fuck yeah honestly because you know what we really didn't ever really see that too much in the killer doll kind of subgenre, which i mean we've alluded to we saw something like uh like tau yeah that was kind of like this in the sense that you know it had but it was more futuristic but it revolved around how technology could go wrong, how all this smart stuff might actually be kind of bad for you. Yeah. You know? And uh, this movie, I think, plays on that actually really well. And it's helped by the pacing being great. Oh, yeah. I thought. I thought the movie was paced well. Like, right at the beginning, we get an explanation as to why Chucky is about to be the way that he's about to be. And then we go into, like, the explanation of who Andy is, and he's this new kid that moved to Mm -hmm. the town. Uh thing i kind of liked about this movie too is like andy's a quite a bit older than he was in the original mm. so he's not like 
mom why is chucky me 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 he was like yo this fucking doll's fucking creepy yo yeah. like you know it was like a more realistic and modern day because like kids in the 80s were all like slow talking naive little shits yeah and kids nowadays like nya, 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 nya. they already know how to use a fucking smartphone by the mm -hmm. time they're 10 oh, so, like they're quick-witted too and like mm -hmm. they pick up on literally everything like i mean come on we're smarter nowadays so like yeah. it makes sense this this seemed like one of those coming of age movies because like the story really focused on i kind of didn't like this part on andy and his friends yeah and uh i don't know there was like a this felt like it was on a bigger scale too because mm -hmm. like the ending and you know and when they're in the department store and all that shit goes yeah, down yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i get you i mean like you were saying before about chucky uh like there being an emphasis on him being special in this movie i think it's also because we just get more of like the doll not just him but just in general like the buddy doll like we see the stuff on the tv mm -hmm. and we see them in the stores and everything like that so in the original that wasn't really the case so much we really kind of like just saw chucky you know so it wasn't oh, yeah. like we were seeing all the other like good guy dolls quite so much or anything like that so they really had to just like make that distinction but also i think it does relate to andy's character who's also i mean i wouldn't say he's special or anything like that but he's the main character he's kind of like an outcast as well he just moved see that's that's the other thing like the whole like oh we just moved to this place and all of a sudden yeah you know that kind of thing i don't know about that quite so much i think it's just like way too convenient of a way to like jumpstart a story but whatever but it kind of introduced Andy as like the outcast kid with no friends. And that is why he kind of bonded with Chucky at first. Yeah. You know, which happens in the original movie. So it kind of follows that same similar kind of structure. Up until I want to say like three quarters of the movie, Chucky had like no ill intent toward Andy. Mm hmm. I mean, even near the end, he like, yeah, just was like doing all of that. So like, you know, it could just be him and Andy and no one be in their way. Yeah. So, I mean, the development between Chucky and Andy in this movie was considerably different. But, I mean, it makes sense since he was a robot AI. I, the know. thing with this movie, though, it kind of makes you side with Chucky. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I felt like kind of <laughs> like empathy for him. Yeah, I did. I suppose so. I think it's really just because we don't already know that he's this like psychopathic voodoo serial killer yeah and you know some people are definitely going to find that a little difficult to accept because the original chucky is really technically a person you know he has that personality this one although mark hamill does a, an amazing job as i knew he as i knew he would but you know as like a robot there's still only so much that you can like give to the character or like there's a, there's a limit to you know how much personality he can have so that's where it kind of runs into that but again knowing that it was like a robot doll i was okay with it yeah i mean i was fine with that like it doesn't have to be some some the soul of some dude yeah. in like a thing i mean that's look i don't care if you believe in all that shit okay if voodoo and all that shit's not real all right let's be adults here let's grow the fuck up <laughs> you're not gonna transfer your spirit as you're dying into a toaster much less a fucking doll all right yeah. that shit's not gonna happen this was more rooted in reality but i'll be fair i still like the original one a bit better yeah, that's fair this one had it's like humorous moments you know this one's like this one was like kind of light-hearted until the killing started really 
Yeah, I think so. And it didn't take too long to get into that, which was nice. Um, and there were some tense moments in between. You kind of slowly see like that they're pushing Chucky in the direction of becoming a killer. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just slowly, slowly like. Yeah. You got you got the hit at the beginning that was going to happen, you know, with what happened at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff that happened, like as the dolls being, you know, fixed up. And yeah. like, you're like, all right, this definitely has the potential to go you know 180 and fucking fuck shit up Mm -hmm. it's just a slippery slope and it just keeps getting worse and worse and then the upgrade and then oof. i liked the incremental kind of creepiness to chucky as the movie went on i like how more violent it got until the climax then it was i won't say anything else about that that was definitely i think the best part of the movie was that last kind of you know uh segment for sure but uh, everything before it was pretty good too. Acting solid, soundtrack actually quite good, especially at the beginning and the end. Whatever that one like main theme was, that was great. Yeah, at least you know I thought so. So and um, cinematography, visually, this movie was pretty awesome too. I thought it really was. Yeah, I mean my only qualms with like the movie were like really minor things. Like uh, I don't want to mention it because it would be a spoiler, but like. We could talk about it after the show, but there are just like a few things that's like, like, you know, at the end of the, like, how'd the dog get up in the billboard? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's not really important at all, but you guys will, you guys will see. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of weird. I was like, yo, what did you climb? Okay. I don't even want, unless the dog learned how to climb oh, a fucking man. ladder. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, it was really just kind of nitpicky things. Um, as we kind of learned leading up to this movie there was going to be some mixture of practical effects and cgi with the doll honestly not as much cgi as you, you might have thought there was like two cgi moments that i remember one where chucky's leaping at the end he's like mm. and then you know the yeah. i'm gonna I'm, I'm doing with my hands so they can't see it. when this yeah. thing happens that was cgi because you could see like the weird expression mm. in his face uh let me say this the animatronics in the original child's play were much better like yeah. this one seemed like it was like i get it's supposed to be like ai but it seemed like even the movements and the talking were like way too like smooth ro- like they weren't smooth oh, oh, oh in the old one they were much smoother because mm. there's no cgi in the 80s yeah. chucky it's all animatronics and that one was way better it, like, it, like it, you stupid <laughs> bitch you felt this oh slip. yeah that I part not, not, not when he was running around the and on the ground and shit though no they would just show like a like no it was a, like the yeah they would like you'd see under a table <laughs> like an, a smaller actor's legs like running it was probably oh. a kid that they had like like the the moments where like he's moving i like the original like a lot better that's fair yeah it's because in this movie there were some wider shots taken because they had the ability to make it seem kind of i don't know i guess it wasn't really that much smoother looking but still like there weren't quite as many close-up shots just because with the newer technology it wouldn't look quite so stupid and the original would look dumb as hell if they had wide shots on chucky because it would have been so fucking obvious yeah you'd see like the stuff behind him and like the. but no it i I would agree with that in general though when it was close up on it in this movie i liked it there were some uh, elements of the face that i thought may have been cgi i wasn't some, quite sure when his eyes were moving a lot that felt i feel CGI. like his mouth sometimes too like yeah, i wasn't he, sure if that was just when he was like ah, ah. <laughs> yeah but uh so those are just some very nitpicky things honestly overall i thought it was fine 
the story was perfectly acceptable in my opinion narratively it was structured how i would imagine uh, a good narrative be structured um it wasn't like the most innovative thing ever but it was good again acting solid everything honestly pretty much solid and as a slasher i think it did well i think it did too the kills were fucking sick yeah they were uh the leg scene was fucking disgusting <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> when i went with mugum yesterday he literally cringed in his seat when uh, that happened <laughs> that was great uh i don't know man to me it was like like a solid nine out of ten like fun movie for me it was fun mm-hmm. if you watch this and don't have fun you're just an old man who doesn't get any that's that's <laughs> what i can explain it as oh man and that's yeah, the I... most people i see complaining on facebook it looks like incel old men oh man listen i mean i can understand some of the criticism behind this movie for sure and if you don't like this movie hey that's that's your opinion and i won't say that you're right or wrong i mean it's completely subjective really but objectively speaking i would say that this was a totally serviceable horror film uh despite the fact that it's you know connected to child's play i don't really think that hindered it at all and i kind of do hope we see a sequel honestly i do too it would be fun to see like this reiteration of chucky besides like because the old one kind of got outlandish with the cult you know so yeah possibly but uh you know we saw something uh maybe a little similar so oh yeah <laughs> uh but yeah guys i mean that's that's uh what we think about the new child's play if you have not seen it i definitely recommend that you go check it out even if you're a hardcore fan of the original franchise which hey i am too you know hey open up your mind Go check it out uh, and let us know what you think. But we're going to move into our very last segment here where we're going to look at a movie that's actually quite a bit different than uh, what we've talked about so far. And we're going to do so on The Chopping Block. (coughs) And on this week's Chopping Block Fiends, we have, uh, like I mentioned, quite a bit different than Chopping Mall and Child's Play. We have a new edition on Shudder, Hagazusa. It translates, well, from like older German to like mm-hmm. witch. Yeah, so this movie has been compared a lot to the Vivich. The Vivich. <laughs> the Vivich. And um, uh, I think, I guess rightly so, it's, it's the most easy and direct comparison, I suppose. <laughs> so, but I would say quite different than the witch in a lot of aspects different a lot of aspects yeah (laughs) so um first of all the movie very loosely has the witch theme which the i'm just gonna say witch a lot at this point i'm gonna get confused (laughs) which the vivich i i would i would say kind of pushed more directly in our faces but yeah this one follows a young girl who lost her mother to to something we're not going to spoil really what happens but it was it was some weird crazy shit and uh she's growing up and people look at her as an outcast so there's that theme again yep and treat her as a witch and this is set in like the 15th century alps or something it's the movie itself is like in austrian i believe so it's an austrian production by a director lucas Fagelfeld. and uh yeah so the, it's, it's a foreign movie but you know back then people uh really kind of didn't know how to regard people who weren't 
like inclusive in their community. Yeah, they get blamed for like witchcraft and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe I don't like you fuckers. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie kind of, you know, revolves around that theme a lot. That's all I'll really kind of say about it. Because saying anything else would kind of give away sort of what happens. But yeah, I mean, it follows this woman. Yeah. And uh, she has, spoiler alert, a child. Uh, It's not explained where the child came from, Mm -hmm. where the father is. And uh, she has this weird fascination with her billy goats that she keeps in the... (laughs) near her house and yeah. she likes to cuddle with them and pet them while she masturbates yeah so uh it's, it's a very odd character very odd kind of movie very uh experimental horror movie it's mm-hmm. one of those like surreal like really uh yeah like mother or like antichrist you know th- those type of movies the experimental what do you want to call them avant-garde or whatever <laughs> yeah i guess so. we're getting a lot of those movies lately because like i feel like with the ambiance of these movies, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like the score and like the, yeah, like they, and like a lot of like the slow motion scenes tend to like make your heart pound a little faster. Cause you're like, yo, this is giving me anxiety. Yeah. It definitely had that tone to it for sure. Um, especially because one of like the defining features of this movie was just the, the slowness and like that really creeping dread but it was even more egregious than like the vivich yeah <laughs> which you know if you thought that movie was slow man hagazusa is like three snails worth oh yeah you know of that like slowness i don't know how else to explain it it's it's really i wouldn't say it like drags but like the editing and and the actual shots the actual cinematography is just so deliberate it kind of makes you like it's like contemplative like it's it's meant to last for so long like each shot lasts so long because i think it just wants you to fast forward (laughs) well yeah but it just really wants to drill that like moment into you oh yeah and it it worked like a lot of the scenes stuck with me especially like the i'm not gonna the barbecue scene oh yeah oh man like nothing else really and like the the water scene you know because yeah. that one dragged on quite a bit after, like, it even happens. Yeah, um, I don't know. There were a lot of moments in this movie that, like in a lot of movies that have a similar vibe to this, you know, there, there's this, like, big, crazy lead-up to these very specific moments that that sort of end up, like, driving the rest of the movie. And uh, this definitely did that because, like I said, some, like, glacial pacing with a lot of these shots and just kind of what happened... And, um, what this movie kind of excelled at though, is that a lot of it was kind of hidden off screen. Like a lot of the shit that happens, you don't really quite see as much. Yeah. It leaves it up to your imagination. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's really like no explanation. There's actually very little dialogue in this movie at all. So it's more moody. Yeah. What's, what's really driving the movie is really just the atmosphere. Cause like time passes, you don't know what the fuck's happened. And the speculation too is Mm. kind of what drives it like. The whole time you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what's what's this whole... I see the little details, but what's the bigger picture? Right. Like, that's what this movie, like, keeps asking you. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think the bigger picture is with every scene? Like, is is this witchcraft? Is this mental illness? And I think it's the latter. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of had to not only think about it after I was finished watching it, but then I, like, went and read uh, a synopsis on, <laughs> on Wikipedia, and then I kind of was thinking about it a little more i was taking all the details and i was kind of like oh okay so this is probably what it means so i think i kind of understand 
the movie quite a bit better now, but there was also a quote from the director, um, and I'm not going to really read it too much just to not really give away anything or anything like that, but he really wanted to incorporate these old pagan beliefs and folklore about witches, um, and which a lot of this stuff originated out of these kinds of regions, you know, oh, these yeah, like mountain villages and stuff. R- really, all that witchcraft and all that shit started in like Ireland. Those motherfuckers mm. are like the Gaelic people, bro. They're like the originators of that like black magic shit. Like factually, like yeah, all this shit started in Ireland. Yeah, dude. as I said in volumes of blood. I, last, I'm Irish. We invented this shite. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. So, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I think I it's too. really fascinating. But, you know, Fagelfeld was kind of incorporating that sort of stuff with more modern perceptions of mental illness, yes. And, like, seclusion and... Yes, these social things. Yeah. So, which, I mean, hey, is really directly related to folklore anyway. But some people decide to take them and just go completely supernatural with it or completely narrative and i mean this one was completely narrative but it was definitely meant to be more metaphorical oh yeah and more kind of like introspective like hey what do you think this means i'm not going to tell you but especially the apple (laughs) oh yeah that was biblical probably the whole garden of eden thing there's always some kind of biblical allegory religious thing too in these kind of movies yeah but i mean i would say it was i don't know man it was really interesting like there's a part of me that wants to kind of put it down just for i don't know like the long shots and everything really reminded me of a lot of these like fucking mid 20th century like uh, french new wave movies and stuff like that it was just kind of boundless like hey i'm just going to show you this image on the screen for like I don't know, five minutes and then make of it what you will. Yeah. Because even like an hour and 15 minutes into this movie, I was like, all right, dude, like what's kind of happening? <laughs> what's going to happen? Like, what do I even have to like expect for these next like 10 minutes until the movie's over? Yeah. You know, just kind of how I felt. And I'm not sh- quite sure yet if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think I want to recommend this movie <laughs> just because it's got that really fucking creepy nature to it you know the tone to it like it's mean spirited too Mm -hmm. like everyone in the fucking movie is a dick besides like the main character well even then i would say but yeah i get you it it really just kind of plays on that morality and how people interact with each other and it really kind of makes you just hate people it really so yeah it's i mean i don't know if i would say that it's existential or anything like that but it can definitely be a little uh, upsetting or depressing, for sure. Yeah, it was depressing, for sure. Uh, I grabbed it as a blind buy from Amazon, and I finally watched it yesterday because, you know, you were like, hey, you know, let's talk about this. And I was like, all right, it's either this or that other one you suggested. <laughs> yeah. And this one seemed, like, more interesting because, like, you know, witchcraft and demons and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. that stuff fascinates all of us because, like... yeah. You know, it's like, I guess some people secretly want it to be real. You know what I mean? Mm. Even though it's all just a whole bunch of hocus pocus. I mean, look at the Salem witch trials. How many people were killed for their property? Mm -hmm. Really what it was because like someone was jealous of their property. So like, yo, if I get them killed, I can take their shit over. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, 
all of that kind of factors in for sure. But, you know, I thought one definitely positive feature about this movie as well was just how it looked visually. It was stunning. It was. The the natural uh, landscape was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, this was like his, his uh, graduation project for like film school. So, I mean, that's incredible. So definitely a, a fantastic achievement, I think, for like his directorial debut. Oh, yeah. Amazing um, job. I mean, it's this. I feel like this movie is going to be talked about. Maybe not as much as The Witch was. I don't know if it's ever going to reach that level, but it's a it's a strong, I think, contender to The Witch for like the modern witch movie. I enjoyed both. I think if you're going to look up any like modern witch movies, like both of these have to be like in your like you know scope. So. Okay. For sure. So, um, final verdict on the chopping block. What is it? It's not chopped. I don't think for either of us it's chopped. Yeah, I don't Just, think so. Even for lack of dialogue and like lack of like explicity, you know, like explicitness, mm. like letting us know what's actually like going on. Mm. It was kind of like just open to interpretation and focused more on like allegories and imagery than anything else than having like this one set objective like viewpoint on what this movie is actually about. Yeah, I will say this, honestly, um, even if you pick up your phone during this movie you might still find yourself in the same scene on the same (laughs) frame like five minutes later however uh this is definitely a movie that you should pay attention to to really kind of get all the threads it's trying to kind of portray you know so yeah i'll just say that much if you do watch it you know give it your full attention and just kind of soak it in because i read one thing that said uh it was it's kind of more of an experience than it is like a horror film yes you know so i think that's i think that's really all there is to say about it yes so guys uh let us know what you thought about all the movies that we talked about today uh comment on all of our social media we have a facebook and instagram where you can find us uh by searching grave discussions and we also have a twitter and uh, on there we are grave disc srd and finally you can also check out our website gravediscussions.net And tune in next week when Mir and Barnabas will have a sword fight to the death. Yes, on Grave Discussion. (laughs) You are my buddy until the end. More than a buddy, you're my best friend. This has been an SRD production. <laughs>